February 1. This is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you if you're just tuning in. Harry Sutar is off to the Premier League. Uh, the transfer fee of around £15 million pounds plus add-ons to be paid by Leicester City to Stoke City, his current club, for the Socceroo Defenders services. So it would be great to see another Aussie we're back in the Premier League in Harry Sutar. There's a game on right now. Newcastle 1-0 up against Southampton early in the second leg of their League Cup semi-final. So it's 2-0 on aggregate. Uh, yesterday, we saw Parramatta re-sign 20-year-old Will Penasini for another two years. So till the end of 2025. And uh, well, the Knights, they finally secured Lockie Miller after the Sharks released him. Uh, so the 28-year-old fullback set to form a spine with Caelan Ponger and Jackson Hastings and Jaden Braley. Uh, but the Sharks, bad news yesterday. Adam, uh, sorry, Cade Dykes, Adam Dykes' son, Cade Dykes, who we saw make his debut last season. Uh, unfortunately, it appears he suffered an ACL. It's to be confirmed, but uh, doesn't look good. And uh, just terrible luck, Loz, for the Sharks, considering, well, they wouldn't have released Lockie Miller, I'm sure had this occurred, what, two days earlier before they finally did release him to Newcastle. So real bad luck there, and they'll be crossing their fingers that Will Kennedy doesn't get injured this season. Well, I think that's the key, Mitter. You've got Will Kennedy there who will be their starting number one, but you can't afford to get too many injuries to your key position players. And with a lack of depth, obviously the Sharks will be hoping that's the case now. Uh, they have got some options. You know, They've got guys that have played fullback before. Uh, but you don't want to be moving your Dally M halfback of the year or the Dally M player of the year, Nico Hines, out of the halfback position and putting him back to fullback, or um, a guy like Matt Moylan, who's played in the who played in the halves last year, the last couple of years for the Sharks. You don't want to move him back to fullback. Um, you know, Connor Tracy might be an option um, because he's a, a versatile player. But if he's in the top grade, how does he get the experience of playing as a number one? Um, if he's got to fill in there, if Will Kennedy's out for a period of time. So it would be a concern if you're Craig Fitzgibbon. Um, you know, a, a young bloke, 21 years of age, massive future in front of him, suffers a serious knee injury, out for the season. Um, it puts a bit of pressure on their outside back stocks, um, but they might go to the marketplace and see whether there's anything... Um, available to them at this stage that they might be able to pick up um, this late in the preseason. Um, but yeah, they, they've just got their fingers crossed that Will Kennedy comes through this season and doesn't suffer a serious injury. Big last couple of hours on the show this morning. We're going to speak to Jim Maxwell, legendary ABC commentator, as he uh, prepares for another uh, Series in the subcontinent, that's coming up shortly. Uh, Joe Pride after 7.30. Brad Davidson get his mail for the midweek meeting at Canterbury today. We're going to speak to new Wallabies coach Eddie Jones just after 8 o'clock as well. Uh, front of the media conference yesterday, his first one as Wallabies coach, second time around, and that was at Matraville High School in Sydney South there yesterday. And also from the Sydney Flames, Tiana Mungakahia also coming up. Later this morning, but Pup, uh, the Aussies in India ahead of the first test next Thursday, and the market with Tab has India a dollar ninety two, Australia three dollars forty, the draw three dollars eighty. Steve Smith spoke before they got on the plane there yesterday and uh, indicated that a tour match was well a waste of time back in twenty seventeen. You were over there at that time, uh, saying they pretty much served up a green top, mm. so it was sort of irrelevant. He said uh, when he was asked about the lack of playing preparation, a- yeah a tour match ahead of this series. So Yeah, I, I commentated the game. 
um, or the series, sorry, I was going to say. But, yeah, I remember that was raging green seamer and India didn't play. I can't remember if it was India A that they were playing against, but they didn't pick any spinners. So, yeah, that's the risk you take on every tour. You know, I think conditions that you play a tour game uh, or a first-class game, very rarely are they the same as what you get in the test match. Um, but I think there's a lot more that comes with, you know, touring a country like India than just the batting and bowling as well. I think being in those conditions, the heat, the humidity, it's very different to Australia. Um, different culture, different food. You know, even your even your your stomach, for example, getting used to that food uh, earlier, uh, the earlier the better. You know, you see so many players go through gastro or get sick or get that, you know, barley belly or whatever they call it, you know, where the more time you spend there, uh, the more you're accustomed to that. So I think, yeah, I, I, look, in, in regards to the tour game, I think I've said it a million times, it's, it's re- going to be result driven. The Aussie boys get off to a fly, win the first test, it won't be spoken about. But if they don't win the first test match, I, I think that'll be one of the things that are brought up straight away. I, I, I just think batting in those conditions in the nets against uh, net bowlers, against your own spinners. And then if you can also then have a hit in the middle with the pressure of getting out as a batsman or as a bowler, you know, going for runs, I still think, well, that's why there's been two games for the last hundred years. That's why you go to countries early to get accustomed to condition. So, you know, uh, it's worked for Australian cricket over the last 100 years. I don't know why it would be any different now. I think any tour game is better than no, no tour game. But also respectful of BBL, how important that is, scheduling, time. You know, I don't I don't know if India are going to play a game either. You know, they're coming off one-day cricket against New Zealand, so they might just go into the test straight from that as well. I reckon that's probably the main reason now. And you probably won't see yeah, a lot of time, tour matches there? now. Because players, they just need to rest because they play yeah. so much more cricket than what they ever did yeah, in the past. Yeah, for sure. It'd be, it's, it, the Ashes will be an interesting one because you normally play, before that first test, I think we we would play three mm-hmm. first-class games or two a game. So I wonder if they've got that same attitude rather than going to England early. I would imagine there'll be Indian series, test championship somewhere in there, IP, IPL somewhere yeah. in there. They mightn't be able to. They mightn't be able to get too much time for two games in England either. And the a, Ashes is uh, earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, aren't a couple mm. of the guys going over there and playing in the county? some county cricket? Yeah, I think Love Shane Smitty Smith. signed with Sussex. Harris, uh, Marcus Harris. He usually Marcus Harris will be over yeah. there. I think somebody. Oh no, Sean Abbott just signed with Surrey. There'll be yeah, there'll be a they handful of players yeah. over there as well. So, but again, county cricket. Yeah, the pitches, the, the the opposition, nothing like a Test match in in England. Very and same here in Australia. You play a Sheffield Shield game at the Gabba. As I said earlier, nothing like the pitch that you play on in a Test match at the Gabba. Yeah. Can't say he's getting too many favours from uh, the Indian. Oh, from any country, but we do the same. We, we're not. We're not going to. We're not going to yeah. produce. You know, an absolute cracker of a wicket and our our best Australia A team to go and service. You know, the opposition country that comes to Australia. Mm. We're trying to do the opposite. We'll, we'll give them a tour game in Canberra, and then we'll play the first test at the Wacker. Like a, that's what we normally do as well. So we can't complain. There was a T Twenty game in India recently against New Zealand. And the pitch wasn't up to Indian standards mm. because it had a lot of zip in the yeah, okay. in yeah. the uh, in the pitch. Have a guess what happened to the curator? Sacked. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they think... just got over the top of 
New Zealand. Oh, is this is the one New Zealand only made like eighty five or ninety? Yeah, it was eight yeah. for ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. 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 it was only the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. India still won that game, did they? Just okay. Yeah. And now the curator's been fired. It was in Nagpur, I think, if I remember. So I can't remember where it was. Yeah, but I know that the poor old curator he's to blame. It you only was. get one chance, you don't get a <laughs> no, second it was, in, it was in Lucknow. Oh, Lucknow, okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, New Zealand made eight for 99 and India four for 101 with one ball to spare. Oof. So it must have been... Uh, and even that, India played... I, I think I didn't see the New Zealand team, but I saw Mitchell Santner was the captain. Indi- uh, Hardik Pandya was India's captain. There was probably six players in that Indian team that are not in their top two teams. Yeah, right. So they're obviously got, you know, their big fish are resting for the for the test series. Um, um but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he sacked. He's oh, out. Curator gone. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be someone from it was too much juice in the pitch. Uh, Give us a call, thirteen fifty three fifty three. Send us a text zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two. Um just on that Cronulla situation. Uh, big blow. He is the goods. Uh, Nico, a better fullback, possibly. For the Storm, he looked good. And we got Trindle to half, maybe. Uh, no name to that one, but uh, you want depth for Will Kennedy. Uh, just also on that release, by the way, uh, of Lockie Miller from Cronulla to Newcastle. Going the other way, and we had uh, some comments about this on the text line when we mentioned it last week. So the Sharks received New South Wales under-19s prop Max Bradbury as part of that release. Uh, and that has really angered some people there in the Hunter as this is, again, a highly rated Newcastle junior that has been let go to accommodate Lockie Miller. So we'll see how this all transpires, of course, in the long run. But there are big raps. And I did see, I think uh, one of our listeners pointed, go and have a look at some of the comments on Barry Tui, uh, journos in Newcastle's tweet and I did go and have a look, and uh, apparently some people who uh, know the Newcastle Junior system inside and out are very upset at losing mm. Max Bradbury to Cronulla. So he is one we'll have to keep an eye on. Could be they could end up being a great pickup for the Sharks and Cray Fitzgibbon. Well, they need a bit of depth in the forwards because they've lost Tolman and Andrew Fafita. Again, I, I don't know this young man, um, and you know, people up there in Newcastle would have a better idea of him than, than I do. Um, and it'd be disappointing if you release a young man at 19 years of age and he goes on and has a long, distinguished career in the NRL mm. and you've had him in your system and he's a local junior. That won't go down well mm. for a development club like Newcastle who take pride in their own. Um, so it's a big decision from Newcastle. They've gone the short term over long term mm. by the sounds of it because they were in need of a fullback by pushing Ponga to 5'8". And Lockie Miller was a guy that they've identified. Now, Lockie's 28, I think. He is. Hasn't played a lot of footy, by the way. So, you know, he could play for another six, seven years. Um, But if you've got a good young front rower in your system, they're hard to come by. We've got David on the line. G'day, David. Gentlemen, good morning. How are we? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, mate. What do you want to talk about? Just on Monday, I was listening to the comments regarding Phil Rothfield and the Dragons junior system. Oh, sorry, the Dragons roster. Um, now, not being a Dragon supporter, this is the ideal scenario where the Dragons in the NRL could have worked together and should work together about the junior system, which what you guys are talking about with the unfortunate circumstance of the Hunter with this young front rower. 
you've got three or four spots left. I think that Buzz said that the Dragons... I think they've got five. They've got three available, but with uh, Cody Ramsey and... Junior Amone. Junior Amone being Mm. stood down. Mm. uh, They've only got 25 on their list at this time. So wouldn't this be the perfect scenario that we've talked about holding your junior or retaining your junior players at a certain rebated thing? Like, if you're... If you've got so many juniors in your top 30 squad, that you would have so much relief in the salary cap left over if need be. And, and this is the thing that let's know that there's a lot of clubs now, except the Roosters, of course, don't have a massive junior pathway system. Penrith, Para, Manly, South Sydney and the Dragons have massive. And they would have a lot of kids up and coming that they could use in that 30. But at a certain, you know, certain rebated system or rebate, not there, to to reduce the salary cap squeeze and to have money left over if needed throughout the, the deadline of the June 30 months. Yeah, I, I think, and I, I'm unsure what they call it. I don't know whether they call them development squad players, but you are allowed to have a number of them already on your roster. So you might have players that you're not paying in your top 30, mm. but you've got other guys underneath that might be, 17, 18, that you can put on a contract so you've got them in your system mm. and they're not released to anyone else? Okay. I just think that it gets to the point where we hear a lot of the public, myself as well as others, and we hear journalists mm. like you guys and that they're saying that, that the junior system's not looked after well enough or the, the younger Delver, like the Newcastle player we talked about, is not being held. Why is that there? Yeah. And, and it's got to be... And that ideal situation happened with Phil on Monday when it was discussed, and I think that that could have been the catalyst to actually take at least one step forward yeah. because this debacle, as you know, Loz has been going on for a hell of a long time. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you've got to be so savvy with your list management. You've got to be able to identify who you think not only your team is going to be now, but what your team looks like in three or four years' time. You've got to identify what your side is going to be like. And you've got to be able to have those players in your system and you've got to make sure that players aren't coming off contract at the same time. Mm. Um, There's a lot of planning that would go into that. Um, But, yeah, you've got development players, but Newcastle have obviously made a call that they need depth in their outside backs with Lockie Miller. And Cronulla weren't going to give him up without without some compensation. So they're a bit short in the forward. So they've been able to do a deal with each other. Mm. And we'll only know who's made the right call in possibly four or five years' time. G'day, Jeff. G'day, Jared, Michael, the other bloke. Morning, buddy. The other bloke. I'll take that. <laughs> That's wheel. better than Snorky. <laughs> what was that? I said I'll take the other bloke. It's better than Snorky. Gee, you must be off him. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Jeffrey. That's okay. Thanks, boys. Oh, happy Today. birthday. Thanks, guys. Happy 30th. Appreciate it. Oh, how old are you? Don't be a smart ass. Come <laughs> <laughs> hey, on. Your age. Come on. Hey, not, Let me hey, know. Not, I'm your age. <laughs> 42. <laughs> 55. Mate, I'm not 55. Ooh, well, you're gee. 55 this year. Ooh. Not 55. Yet. Yet. Okay. So my, what, he got his back up a bit there. Mm. 
Fifty odd. It's like when you're batting, you get you get fifteen, you go ah oh, twenty odd. With your age, yeah, yeah. you go the opposite. You're fifty five, you go ah oh, fifty odd. <laughs> Late forties. Before, before I talk about the CBA, my, my grandson said he was saving up for a um a, for me to go on a cruise. He's seven years old. <laughs> Good boy. He saved one hundred and forty bucks. That wouldn't even get me the drink voucher. Wouldn't get you the taxi to the cruise. Exactly right. <laughs> On a serious note, the, the CBA, Loz, you've been around footy a long time. When they talk about hardship, right, mm. and I, I want to preface by saying I get it, right, and there are a lot of blokes that go through hardship, they get sick. But you know what? How many guys have you seen, right, in, in your career blow their money, whether it be on the punt or, or whatever? Yeah. Do they still call that hardship? Oh, Seriously, yeah, I, I think. I mean, yeah, I, I understand where you're getting at, mate. But you never, ever, you never ever want to see anyone doing it tough. Regardless no, of, of course not. And regardless of whatever what circumstances, yeah. But is there enough education on these guys because they're earning good money, right? And they deserve everything they get. But do you think there's enough education on employment after work? I, I think, yeah. Money? I, I think there's a lot more nice. now than what. There was when we were playing, mate, for sure. I, I reckon they put a lot more time and effort into education. And I think that management groups that look after players are more so, inclined now to look after their client and help them um, on their path to investment and life which after is great. football. Yeah. Which is great. Okay. But so in saying that, if that's all done, Really, the only hardship should be people that are, are, are players that are sick. Because I've been to men of league functions, and there are a lot of guys that, you know, yeah, fall on hard times. Yeah. But, you know, as you know, there's a lot of blokes, you know, that have blown money, especially during the Super League. They had that much money, they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. I mean, excluding you, because you're a tight ass. <laughs> but, <there are> lot... <laughs> but you know where I'm coming from, Dave. Yeah, you, I, mate, I, I do. And, and the thing about it is, you know, if we keep talking about education, but you know, you've got to be smart enough to understand and listen and learn that rugby league only goes for a certain period. And if you're lucky enough, you might have 10 mm. years. Oh. Unfortunately, I think the average... NRL lifespan is what? I think we spoke about 40 games or 50 mm. games. Mm. So if, if, if you're an, uh, an NRL average player, you're not going to have too long earning decent money. You can't, you can't determine what people do with their money. You can't tell people what they do with it. If you want to blow you know, it, if you want to stick it in the bank and stick it under yeah. your pillow, you, they, they can do whatever they want. But that doesn't mean, I don't think, past players, there shouldn't be a hardship fund or there shouldn't be something for past players. If, players, if past players want to go and blow it, that's up to them. If mm. current players want to blow it, mm. you still, there's still got to be something there for people that have given to the game. Yeah. There's and a I, reason the game is so successful. Yeah. It's not just about the current player. No, 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 ex- exactly right. And I think that... Again, and I can only talk from my personal view, I don't want to see anyone have a hard time. Yeah. I want to try and help out wherever I possibly can. Yep. Yep. Understanding that sometimes that's very difficult yep. too. You know, and it's hard. If people don't want to help themselves, that, yeah, it's hard. It's exactly right. Exactly right. Yep. You know, but you can do so much and yep. then it's up to the individual Agree. to do the right thing. Um, but in terms of when it comes to injuries, I think they need to be supported. 
Um, you know, we, we don't know where this concussion mm. is, you know, can, where it's going to end up. We, mm. we don't know the significant impact that that's going to have on long-term health. Um, so there's a lot of things at play now that we never, ever thought about when we were playing. But it's starting to get a lot more spoken about now than ever before. And the players are united on a lot of things in regard to this CBA and it's just going to be interesting where it all lands, what what they give up, because I, I, the NRL aren't prepared at this stage to, to budge. So unless both parties can come to an agreement, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what where, where it ends up. League Cup semi-final this morning, and it's looking pretty good if uh, you're a Newcastle United fan. They're 2-1 up in the second league against Southampton. Looks like they're headed to Wembley. Uh, because they are 3-1 up on aggregate and uh, likely to play Manchester United, who play Nottingham Forest in the second leg of their League Cup semi-final tomorrow morning. United take a 3-0 lead into that match, and that is at home. Um, now, just, well, speaking before about the situation with Newcastle, just Toddy from Leeton on the text line. Morning, lads. As a Knights fan, I'm kind of so-so when it comes to the signings of Hastings and Miller. We've swapped two front rowers for a fullback and a halfback. Not much depth left in the front row stocks. Uh, the Saifidi twins, possibly Hetherington and Croker. They've also lost uh, just uh, a few there. Sue, uh, Solo. Uh, lastly, what does the signing of Miller now mean for Tyson Gamble? Uh, cheers, Toddy from Leeton. Well, I guess it's all up for grabs, isn't it? But the spine looks like it'll be there at Newcastle. Well, Miller, Ponger and Hastings and Jaden Braley. I think that's the... Spine that they'll go with to start the year. Tyson Gamble, I think, he's just been bought as a, a backup type of player. Um, you know, I think he's a, a good player, Tyson Gamble, but I, I, I don't think he's in your best thirteen. Uh, I think that'll be the the four players they go with in the spine. Uh, they've invested now in Kalen Ponga moving to five eighth. They've got Jackson Hastings, who'll take a lot of responsibility away. From Ponga. Last year with Newcastle, it was very, very... Well, it looked very, very um, easy to see what they were doing. It just looked like they were relying on Ponga. Ponga. (laughs) Under 10s. Yeah. Just move the ball and wherever Ponga was, you knew on the big set-up play that he was going to get it. So they need other people Mm. to be a threat. Do you like him at six rather than one? I think he'll develop nicely into a six, yeah. yeah. I think it'll take him time. But again, I think Nathan Brown... Well, Nathan Brown tried to move him to six. But then they were losing games and they were under the pump. So he couldn't afford to keep trialling. Yeah, okay. Not, not trialling him there, but being persistent with him there. Mm. So he moved him back to, to fullback. Um, the head knocks, are they an issue if he's, if he's tackling, like if he's in the front line versus fullback? It doesn't make any difference. No, it doesn't. doesn't okay. mind. Yeah. Uh, so and he I, seems like he's that good a player that he'll yeah. six or one take, he'll adapt. It's going to take him a bit of time. Okay. There's no doubt about that. It'll take him a bit of time because if you're opposition teams now, mm. you can spot him up a lot more. So you like you can go at him, move the ball away, go back at him. Yeah, okay. So you can make his tackle count go from five a game to thirty a game, and if you're taking juice out of him. In defence, obviously, then he's not as fresh mm. with the ball. Um, so, I, I think that a lot of teams will look at where Kalen is and try and go at him a lot more. Um, 
how does Hastings complement uh, the way he plays, Ponga, at six? Like, well, do you think those, those two will work well together? Yeah, everything I see of Jackson, he likes to play what they say on the ball. So he's doubling up on his play. So yes. he's on the ball, on the ball, let me touch it, turn someone under, hand it off to someone, dummy, dig into the line. So I think he'll be the dominant playmaker. Yeah. So that takes responsibility away from, from Kalen. And then hopefully Kalen will just float. You want to see him float, not just pigeonhole himself down that left edge. Mm. You want to see him float both sides of the field, like he would as a 5'8". Uh, as a, as as a fullback. Time to talk some racing. And joining us now is, well, he's got a big autumn ahead of him, Joe Pryor. Joe, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, now, firstly, the trial of Private Eye, what, two days ago. What did you make of it? And what's the autumn plan with him? Yeah, look, there's not a lot to be achieved, um, you know, in the early trials for these for these good horses. Or not certainly not for a horse like him. He just has a uh, has a day out, a little, you know, blow out mm. some cobwebs, and and um, but you can see that he did everything um, with a bit of style and, and you know in a manner which would suggest that he's come back really well. That matches up with everything I'm seeing from him here at home. Uh, he's going to have two more trials yet. Um, can give him the three trials because what I'm asking him to do first up is very difficult to do. I'm going to run him in the new market, which is, you know, 1,200 down the straight of Group 1. He'll carry a decent a decent weight. And um, for that reason, I want him uh, want him nice and fit. And uh, he's he's just tracking along beautifully. I'm very happy with him. And Stockman, I, I guess similar, just had a run around there. But uh, well, on a Tancred Sydney Cup path again? Yes, yeah, yeah. Very similar preparation to, to last autumn, and uh, which which was a good prep for him. He had no luck in the Sydney Cup, but he ran second in the Tancred and won the Sky Highs. So he'll be going to those races again. Uh, look, he was coming back, you know, from a Melbourne Cup run into that trial, so you're not going to see him sharp over 1,200 metres. You know, he's got no speed in his legs whatsoever, basically, at the moment. He's just fit. And um, he'll he'll resume next week in the Apollo. So you've got a nice filly, Cinderella Days, this three-year-old filly, which has won three of four starts, and uh, she won her trial, uh, which was her second trial. Uh, how much promise do you believe she has? Yeah, she's a hard one to assess. Everything she's done so far is pretty impressive. She's three from four, and um, she hasn't really done a lot wrong in her life. Um, she's a filly with a, with a big fat pedigree. She's out of a group one winning mare. Um, she's an impressive type. Um, it's all ahead of her. I'm a little bit reluctant to predict where young horses are going to get to. It can sort of leave you with egg on your face. But I will say, you know, I'm pretty pretty confident she's a she's a good horse. Um, she's just going to need to prove that to us all when she hits the racetrack. But everything about her suggests that she's um, yeah she's a, she's a very good feeling. What about one of the, my favourites, Joe Eduardo, mate? What's the plan for him? And we Mido spoke about Private Eye before, and is is he locked in? For the Everest this year? No, 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 no haven't done no. anything. Yeah, you know, it's oh. still a long way off, Laurie. Yeah. So you know, there's no, there's no panic there. If, um, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's in everybody's top twelve sprinters around. So we don't have to worry about getting yep. spot there. It's more about you know just plan, mapping away through the autumn. Eduardo, yeah, he's he's great. I'm really happy with him. So um, obviously now in the twilight of his career, and and we're going to be a little bit more careful about how we place him. I've I've always just taken on the best horses because. He's been one of the best horses for the last, you know, two to three seasons, and now um, he's just going to need a little bit of help. He's great. I'm, I'm really pleased with him, but um, I have noticed in a change in him over the past two preparations where he doesn't like really firm tracks. Yep. 
Um, and um, so I'll be I'll be mindful of that and just keep him away from the from the sort of the good twos, good threes. And if we get him on track, sort of sting out of him, you'll see him do his best. What are the plans with brutality, Joe? Yeah, brutality's um, only been back in a few weeks. Uh, he's a horse who is not very often in the winners circle um but he's a very talented horse he's got a terrible racing pattern he gets right out of his ground and he makes it hard for himself but that's the only way to ride him um haven't really got anything specific nailed down for him he's just a tough horse who 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 cops plenty of racing so he'll just he'll just sort of resume sort of halfway through the carnival and um he's a sort of horse he can go around every week he's that, that style of horse and he needs to be going around often enough to give him a, an opportunity to win because as i say his, his racing patterns just doesn't uh, it's just not conducive to to him winning very often but he's a yeah, he's a he's a good horse what about your horse that won the last in sydney on saturday was it think about think it? about it yeah yeah think about it yeah really really nice horse so um very much at the start of his career he's only had a handful of starts but he just keeps winning and um that's all they can do by, in my belief, one of the best stands around in in, in uh, so you think. And um, when they when they've got the sort of pedigree he has, he's just gonna he's gonna continue to improve. So just slowly, slowly with him as a gelding, there's no need to rush him through the grades. He'll run in a couple of weeks' time, and um, and at that point, I'll sort of make a decision about whether we sort of have a crack at some some of the low hanging fruit in the autumn carnival, or we or we target Brisbane winter. So, um, but a very exciting horse. And how's Maria Mia come through the expressway, Joe? And what's next? Yeah, really happy with her. She um she was fantastic on Saturday. Oh, she broke so the good. clock and she yeah she just ran a, a career peak and she's come back really well. She's there's a lot to be said for winning and she had two trials before she she uh, went to the race. She won both of them and she won first up. And winning's very much a habit as it is in a lot of sports and she's just in that frame of mind at the moment. So uh, I'm going to run her in a couple of weeks or so. It'll be three weeks between runs in the Millie Fox, a 1300 metre race, Group 2 for mares. And I might freshen her up after that and and target the Galaxy. But we'll just, I'm I'm mindful, I'm open-minded about where she can go but couldn't be happy with the way she is going. I'm always interested, Joe, with how you sort of, look at a horse and where you place them next or whether you spell them straight away after they've run a career best? What, what, what's your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, best part of my job. Like I love, absolutely yeah. love placing my horses. Um, I think it's really... Because there are you know certain pathways that have been um, carved out through the history of racing where you're, you're looking at you know, time-honoured races and now there are all these other pop-up races you can go. And yeah. In terms of the horse himself, I just want to spend time around them to, to assess whether I, you know, what I should be doing. And that, you know, that requires feedback from my riders, the handlers, um, the farrier, whether he thinks they've got another run and the vets. You know, there's a lot goes into it. Um, but as I say, I think it's one of the more interesting parts. But most of the time, I just defer to the judgment of just looking at the horse and, um, you know, you, you you begin to understand these horses like you understand your kids. Yeah. And you know when you look in your kid's eyes whether he's ready to go to school or play a good game of footy that day. Yeah. And and that's the way it is with the horses. You you just have built up an understanding with them. And I'm fortunate enough that I don't have a big team of horses. I only have 50 in work, and I think that's one of the big advantages for me is that I know the horses intimately. And uh, on another horse on the, on the text line, Joe the Botany Battler asks, can you ask Joe what he thought of Sacred Girls Trial? She went well. She went well. I was happy. Obviously, we got one of the owners there, haven't we? So, um, no, I, I was happy with her. I, th- I thought it was. She's been a a filly that's taken a while to get to the race. She's a three-year-old, but I thought there's been good improvement. And each time we've asked her to step out there, and she'll go to the races now. She's ready for that. And um, uh, she's a um, she's a filly with some promise. And um, yeah, you don't know until you take them off to the to the sports. But um, she's showing some good signs. 
You've got a few nommed in for Ramwick on Saturday. Obviously, draws acceptances later today. But uh, Lechvart's nommed for an 18 and a 1,600-metre race. And again's in Hala Warrior Party for one. Uh, what are you particularly looking forward to seeing running on a Saturday? Yeah, Party for one won't run. She'll, I'll, I'll save her for another day. Um, I would say Anna Gens the one that's ready to win there. She she was very good at Canterbury the other night. She's just been looking for a soft track. She finally got one the other night and ran well. So she would be the pick of those. So Saturday I've got a, a horse up from um, from Albury, um, Halo Warrior. I, we haven't seen him at the races yet for under under my training anyway. So um, he's an interesting horse. He, he should run well up here in Sydney. But um, yeah, I'd say Anna Gens probably the most uh, interesting runner there for me Saturday. Well, great information, Joe. Really appreciate your time this morning. Enjoy a big autumn. My pleasure. Thanks very much, guys. The Big Sports Breakfast Lunch, it's back again Friday, February 24. It's at the new Wink stand there at Royal Ramwick, hosted by the ATC. Join the Big Sports Brecky team, special guests, Racing HQ, Sporting, Racing Royalty. A great afternoon ahead and tickets on sale now. To get your tickets, just go to the ATC's website. So that's australianturfclub.com.au to secure your seat today. It will be a great afternoon. You've got races at Randwick the following day as well. The tab chipping Norton's the following day. So I can make it a bumper weekend indeed. Uh, Brad Davidson, morning to you. Yeah, morning guys. How are we going? Not too bad, thank you. Now, Zach Lloyd's been suspended for a couple of weeks for betting-related charges. Tell us about this. Yeah, this is uh, one that popped up on the Racing New South Wales website yesterday. So... Uh... Stewart's investigation or inquiry was, was held yesterday, I believe, and um, Zach Lloyd, one of the, the star apprentices in Sydney now, uh, copped a, a two-week suspension. Part of it was due to, uh, to mobile phone use in the in the jockey's room, and the other part was uh, due to a, a $6 multi-bed he placed, uh, which included a leg of a thoroughbred race in New Zealand. So, obviously, jockeys can't bet on uh, thoroughbred races, and um, yeah, he's copped uh, two weeks suspension. Um, look, uh, the, the, uh, the stewards sort of took into consideration uh, Zach's early guilty plea, uh, contrition for the rule, ble- uh, rule breach, his full cooperation, um, and, and a few bits and, and pieces. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I just uh, I think that uh, he's probably a little bit uh, lucky there because, you know, we've seen jockeys in. In the past, cop, uh, cop big suspensions for betting on race. I know this is only a, a small bet. You know, Zach's only young, and he's obviously made a mistake here. It's a race in New Zealand, a uh, $6 multi-bet. But uh, still, uh, I think he's probably got off a, a little bit light there, and um, he'll learn his lesson, no doubt, and uh, make sure it doesn't happen again. David, why don't they just ban phones from the jockeys' rooms? Like, exactly yeah. what they do with other sports. It just seems like the phone's the consistent um, denominator here with these issues. Yeah, it seems to happen a lot, doesn't it? Uh, there seems to be there should be a better way you would think of of doing it. Um, yeah, it, it just it, uh, I think that the, the issue here was basically is ex- exchanging text messages with his father Jeff, who hmm. was formerly a, a rider, and Jeff was basically just you know critiquing his ride. So so nothing untoward here or anything like that. But um, I, I agree with you, Clarky. I think there's got to be a better way just to just to so you it's know, clean for everyone. You know, yeah. then, then there's no second guessing. Like if you see, you don't see someone sitting in the change room or in the jockey's room with a phone in their hand. You, you don't even need to. Yeah. Like the conversation is now gone. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think they can do that better, and because we hear it time and time again, and uh, there's got to be a, a better way to, to to sort of manage that and control it. We've got some international horses coming to our shores soon. Yeah, we do, Loz. Uh, William Haggis is uh, bringing out four horses for the the Sydney Autumn, includes. 
Dubai Honour, who will be set towards the, the Queen Elizabeth. And he spoke to uh, Ray Thomas there yesterday and, and basically said there's a lot of similarities between this horse and a Dave, who, of course, has had much success out here in the past. He said he's a horse that likes wet ground like a Dave did, so they'll be hoping for the, the rain to come over the uh, the Sydney autumn once again. And look, he was winless last year, this horse, but uh, William Haggis suggesting that he didn't have him right last year. He had a very dry summer in England, and um, he, he feels he's come back a much better horse and worth the trip out to Australia. So he has been a bit made about this, and um, I think Joseph O'Brien also considering bringing a few horses out for the, the Sydney Autumn and by, by passing the Melbourne Carnival once again. And um, you know we know these these strict uh, protocols in in Melbourne now with the the, the vets and and what they've got to go through. But um, look, I think they you know, we can't really compare the two too much, guys. I mean, it's a bit like apples and oranges in a way because, you know, the Melbourne Cup is the race in, in Melbourne where all eyes are on, where in Sydney it's more like races like the Tab Everest and, and whatnot. They're completely different races. There's a stack of internationals in the in the Melbourne Cup where the Everest is generally the locally trained horses, so we don't have the, the same issues in terms of, you know, horses coming over and, and adapting to our additions and of course, uh, conditions. And, of course, in the past they've had issues with... Uh, with the Melbourne Cup and, you know, severe injuries and fatalities and things like that. So I think they had to make a difference there in, in Victoria, and I actually think they've done the right thing. The last two Melbourne Cups have been, you know, free of any serious injuries. And, um, you know, in Sydney, um, fortunately, with, with the main races here, we haven't had that main issue because most of them have been those sort of sprint races and, and you know, mainly the, the local horses. So, um, yeah, look, I think we can't compare it too much, but um, I think, Racing Victoria's stance has been good, and um, but these horses coming out for Sydney will be, be welcome for sure. What do you like there today at Canterbury? Yeah, I like Sophia's Magic, guys, in race number five um, for J-Mac. Uh, loomed up there last time out and just couldn't quite get the job done, but James McDonald goes aboard today, uh, run under the belt, race five, number seven. Unfortunately, a couple of scratchings there when we will be taking a shorter price. Two horses came out that I didn't think had much chance at all, and um, it'll mean a bit of a shorter price, but that's the way it rolls sometimes. Race five, number seven, Sophia's Magic there for Waller and McDonald. $2.25 with Tab. Have a great day, mate. Have a great day, guys. Cheers.